Good afternoon, and welcome to Behind the Roar, a podcast that gives our listeners an inside look into Southline High School of Southline, Michigan. Behind the Roar is affiliated with Southline's newspaper, The Lions Roar. You can take a look at our online articles at lionlife.org. That's L-Y-O-N-L-I-F-E.org. My name is Brandon Rankovich, and I'm a senior at Southline. I'm joined by my co-host, Owen McCarthy. Hello. Music has been a huge part of my life for as long as I can remember. I picked up the guitar and drums around age nine and taught myself to play and then later started taking lessons. The thing that gives me the greatest joy with regards to music is sharing it with others. Sometimes that comes in the form of playing music with other people in a band setting. I'm in one myself, shout out to, uh, shout out to Ossifer. But other times it comes simply in the form of sharing the music you love with others. So that's what I'm hoping to do with all of you today. Yeah, so with everything that's transpired in Michigan in the past few weeks, Owen and I felt that it'd be a good idea to share some music with you that you might find interesting. Music can be therapeutic, and I feel very strong about the albums I'm going to share with you. These pieces of work have gotten us through hard times, and even if they aren't your cup of tea, we hope that you'll be able to see their value. Awesome. So the first album we're going to talk about today is one of my picks, and it is To Pimp a Butterfly by Kendrick Lamar. Um, most of us are probably already familiar with this album, and if you're not, then respectfully, where have you been? <laughs> But I would urge all of our listeners to revisit this one because I don't know about you, but what I found with this album is that every time you come back to it, there's there's something new to find. It's like if you've if you've like read a book multiple times, like if you read The Great Gatsby multiple times and you keep finding new layers and new themes, that's kind of what Tip of a Butterfly has been like for me. So, you know, when I first heard the album, it was 2015 and I wasn't really tapped into music much, but I remember like Kinkunta. All right, we're huge yeah, hits. Definitely. Um, and for me, like I my first instrument was drums. So like I just fell in love with the production and the rhythm all across the album. But you know, and you know, that was kind of the magic of like some of those hits. Like All Right has crazy messaging, has crazy like themes. The music video the is like yeah. the music video is just brilliant. I think we watched it last week. Yeah, we did. But um I think that's kind of the magic of Kendrick is making music that's like really accessible for, for a mainstream audience, but that has a lot underneath the surface. So like swimming pools, you know, that song is basically an, an anthem. It sounds like a party anthem, but yeah. the verses are about, you know, the, the perils of addiction and the, mm-hmm. the pitfalls of it. So, yeah. So um, I kind of just figured that um, we, we don't have time to do a, a long form podcast where we analyze this entire album, but we could if we wanted. Yeah. But I figured I'd just talk about the first song in the album and kind of just talk a little bit about, you know, the layers and the wordplay and, and some of the themes that Kendrick establishes early on. So basically, Wesley's theory, the, the name Wesley is in reference to an actor named uh, Wesley Snipes, who is a big movie star, and he lived an extravagant lifestyle. And then he basically had everything taken from him uh, due to tax evasion charges. So right off the bat, Kendrick is sort of, you know, rapping from a perspective that's not necessarily him, but maybe sort of like a caricature of just like the the rapper, the young rapper image. Yeah. So he's rapping about, you know, buying things. He's buying a car. He's buying a house. He's buying a Cuban link necklace. Um, and then the next verse comes along and you get um, this, this character who's referred to as Uncle Sam. Um, so, you know, we can put the pieces together as to what that's sort of representing. And he's basically egging on the person in the first verse saying like, yeah, buy more, buy more. And there's even this yeah. line where he says like, um, you don't need receipts. Yeah. He's like, pay me later. Mm-hmm. Um, basically just getting at this idea that Kendrick is blinded or just rappers in general are blinded by the 
the lifestyle and the allure that they don't even no one taught them, you know, how to file taxes or how to be yeah. smart with your money. Of course. So, um, you know, there's and then Kendrick sort of talks about there's this line at the end where the Uncle Sam character says, and when you hit the White House, do you. But remember, you ain't passed economics in school and everything you buy taxes will deny all Wesley snipe your a word before 35. Um, and I think the significance of 35 is crazy, too, because 35 is the age when you're eligible to become president. Yeah. So a lot of this album is sort of about, you know, obviously structures of, of racism in the United States. And Kendrick just getting at, at this idea that, you know, he, he once said in reference to the song, he said, no one teaches poor black males how to manage money or celebrity. So if they do achieve success, the powers that be can take it right from under them. So I think, you know, the, the way this album starts is just yeah. a lot to grapple with from the mm -hmm. jump. And uh, we're still talking about the first song. Yeah, that, that's the first song. And this, like, this might not be what, you know, you have other songs, like, such as, like, You. You is such a deep and, like, layered song in itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we're only talking about one of it, and it took us five minutes to get through just the first track. Exactly. You know, not even, like, the most deep, most, you know, that draws the most parallels to different things. You know, we're missing out on so much just because right. we don't have time. This album is just so layered and so deep. Yeah. It has a lot. I think it just has so much value. And that kind of goes into the fact that, you know, what you wrote about was, you know, it being studied by academics. And yeah. How uh, you saw, you know, that tweet about Sapimba Butterfly should be studied in schools. Right. Yeah. There was there was a little bit of a mini movement like online on Reddit and whatnot to get uh, TPAB. <clears throat> that stands for Sapimba Butterfly. Um, but to get that, you know, a part of the curriculum and, you know, obviously <laughs> that's that's kind of facetious and, yeah. and tongue in cheek or whatever. But I mean, there is something to be said, you know, you, it, it really paints a very clear picture in my opinion mm -hmm. of, you know, structures, structures of, of systemic oppression in in this country, um, you know, like songs like institutionalized hood politics, how much a dollar cost. There's this, there's this song on hood, on hood politics. Kendrick uh, <clears throat> uses the terms Democrits and Republicans. Yeah. And I think he really establishes this theme of like, how I always, how I've always taken that is like, you know, the the constant fighting between Democrats and Republicans, mm -hmm. and how how useless it is, and how it gets us nowhere. I think he's sort of establishing that parallel to gangs, yeah, you know, being at odds with each other mm -hmm. <clears throat> within the black community. So, mm -hmm. yeah, sure. it's it's just incredible album. So, uh, yeah, definitely check it out. Um, our favorite songs from this album, um, mine is Hood Politics. Um, I don't know. I'd have to say. <clears throat> uh, I like you a lot. I mm -hmm. think it's just, it's, you know, it's something different than what you hear. Like if you think, you know, someone who isn't, who doesn't listen to hip hop music, thinks of a hip hop artist as someone who's full of themselves, so confident in themselves. But like Kendrick is really going through, like he's talking about his mental health a lot in that song. Yeah. It's just, you know, he talks about locking himself in a hotel room. Yeah. And I remember there was an interview, I forget who it was with, but they were in the studio on the day of the recording of you and like he didn't speak to anybody it was in like mm. a dark studio mm. and he just went in and like everyone was just completely baffled by what he was saying because mm. no one expects a hip-hop artist to be so honest with themselves and be so vulnerable especially when they're putting out music to millions of people so i think right. you is just that's the biggest thing for me is just the honesty and the vulnerability from that yeah there's there there will be other music we talk about where you can like just really feel that energy and almost envision them in the studio in that moment yeah how emotional they were and mm -hmm. you is one of those songs you you can hear like the bottle yeah you know there's that you part where the he's bottle. like drinking yeah and it's that's not fake like you can really hear all that so yeah it's uh it's pretty intense <clears throat> yeah so, so great pick absolutely 
So for my first uh, album that I'm going to introduce is Igor by Tar the Creator. Uh, the funny thing is, is when this album came out, it was uh, the end of our freshman year. I did not like this album one bit. <laughs> you were I, a hater, dude. I was such a hater. I hated it because like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get it. Like I just, I, I don't know. Like it was like in that period, like freshman year was that period where I was kind of just starting to stop being so closed off mm -hmm. to new music, and I thought if it wasn't on the hits chart, it was weird. Like I would, I would yeah. always, call I remember you called, I remember that. I remember you being like, I just think it's weird. And it's I would just, be like, Brandon, what do you mean? Like, it's so weird. But like, I remember like over, you know, in 2020 when everything got locked down, you know, I was kind of forced to just sit, you know, in my house. And I was like, mm -hmm. why not listen to music, expand my music taste. Yeah. And I don't know what it was, but I just, I went back to Igor and I kind of just sat down and listened through it and really gave all my attention to it. And I just, I fell in love with it. Yeah. And so for the people that don't know much about Igor, haven't listened to it, uh, it's a love album about Tyler, the creator, being in love with a man who is in love with a woman. So I think that in itself just brings up a huge conversation, especially yeah. coming from Tyler's past. Tyler was blatantly homophobic right. throughout, the, like all up until this point. He was just so blatantly. He was banned from certain countries for his homophobic yeah. content. Like he's he was a problem. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, and I think the biggest thing for me about this album is, you know, that didn't really see like, be like for closed minded people, mm -hmm. I don't see the, uh, like, the, um, sexuality being a problem for relating to the music. That's right. the thing. Like, it, it's genuinely just a love album about Tyler being in love with somebody who's in love with somebody else. And I right. think that's something that almost everyone's going to be going through in their yeah. life at some point. And it's just such a, it's just such a relatable topic and, yeah. you know, you fall in love with that and like you understand like what the artist is going through. And I think that's the biggest thing for me. Right. And if you consider Tyler's audience too, like Tyler has a lot of fans, you know, they're sort of like a, a stereotype for like the, you yeah. know, the, the golf mm -hmm. and the skateboarder and everything. Yeah. Tyler, the creator fan. But, you know, early in his career, a lot of his fans were just kind of like younger kids who were rebellious and who were edgy and loved the offensive stuff that he said. Mm -hmm. And so for Tyler to come and do an album that was so thoughtful, and obviously the album before this, Flower Boy, established a lot of these same themes yeah. and definitely dealt with coming of age. And, and it was a thoughtful album, but Igor is just, it took it to a new level. And I think 100%. that considering Tyler's audience, this was just such an important step in his career. And uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I just it's just um, like even Kanye West spoke out against you know homophobia. Right? right. Like he just said like just stop, just stop. Like there's no there's no point to it. And right. I think Igor is just the epitome of when it comes to music and when it comes to emotions, it takes gender out of it. Like you don't right. have to be it in matter. The, it's just an emotion. It's exactly. Human. You don't have to be you know in the same exact boat as somebody to really relate to their yeah. music. Exactly. And, you know, I think this album, just looking at the album, I think the production was just yeah. so well done. I think right. Tyler is a spectacular producer because he produced and yep. he did he did all the work for this album. And I, I think that's great, too, because, you know, you see some artists where they, they rely on other producers. Mm -hmm. And I think it's super valuable when you have an artist that makes their own beats, that puts their own narrative into a into a story like Igor. Igor is really a story. It's yeah, not a absolutely. I don't think of it as just like a group of songs. I think of it as like one long story, one hour yeah. long story. And it sort of like it starts with this like euphoria when you're falling in love. Yeah. And then like halfway through the album mm -hmm. he's angry because it's not going well. Mm -hmm. And then towards the end he's like, can we still be friends? Yeah, you know, you, you know, you see, you know, you see Tyler go from being just so 
fulfilled by this person to, you know, I feel like, especially when like people get in relationships, you can kind of see them being angry that relationships aren't going well. And then at the end it comes back to that. Well, at the end of the day, I still want them in my life. I still love them. Even if that means I can't have them and they can be mine. I think there's still a lot of value in being able to be mature enough to be like, look, I care about you enough to where I'm willing to just be friends. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I just, I, I love this album because he's just, I, it's cliche, but just how utterly relatable it is. Like I, I know at the, in the song gone uh, in his verse, he's just like reflecting. He he's, he's saying like, I hope that whoever you're with now is like putting you on some new stuff. Like yeah. I hope he's showing you some cool music. And yeah. I think that's really a testament mm-hmm. to who Tyler is because Tyler just loves art and he loves aesthetics. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think just him, him having that thought, like we've all had that thought, like, I have the best taste. Yeah. And I show you all this crazy stuff mm-hmm. and probably who you're with now doesn't have, doesn't have the same taste. So. But I hope he's still putting you on to something that <laughs> exactly. you'll love. Exactly. And yeah, and I also, you know, this is kind of going to transition into my, you know, next album. But before we do that, we're going to go through our favorite track. And mine was, I think, I think that's kind of awkward. Uh, I believe, I believe that I think is, it's just such a, I don't know, like the, everything about Igor just comes back to, I think, you know, it's, right. it's, blatantly telling a story like yeah. i don't think tyler was ever trying to hide the story he's trying to tell yeah and i think is it's plain it's i think i'm falling in love and this time i think it's for real yeah and and i've always loved that song because there's a little bit of like uneasiness mm-hmm. and i think you know music sonically that's really reflected because you get this like huge 808 that sort of like that just rumbles and it yeah. sort of is juxtaposed against the mm-hmm. really like glittery stuff yeah. on top and mm-hmm. it's almost like when you're falling in love, it's like, not not saying we've fallen in love, but yeah. I can imagine that yeah. when you're falling in love, you you feel this like euphoria, but at the same time, you're a little bit freaked out. Mm-hmm. You're like, I don't know what I'm getting yeah, myself like into. Yeah, like there's still like anxiety and stress that comes from, you know, like exactly. do they feel the same way? And, you know, it yeah. says, uh, he keeps on saying, how can I tell you? Yeah, exactly. you know, I think that's huge too, is like people are so scared to say what they want to say mm-hmm. to the people they care about. And I think Tyler hits on that perfectly with just one line. And I think that's just a really important part. So what about you? My favorite song would have to be New Magic Wand. Um, that is great. I think that his his, his Grammy performances sort of gave me a new appreciation when he per- performed this at the Grammys. But For sure. This song is just I, – I actually have a playlist on Spotify that I created one day called Masterpieces. Mm-hmm. And only two songs made it on. And one of them is New Magic Wand. And I've never added any other music to that because I was like – New Magic Wand is a song in its own league, in my opinion. Yeah, it's just it's like, its own thing. From the lyrical content to the to this beat that just like basically has run through my head. You know that that rumbling yeah. bass has <laughs> basically run through my head for the last you know three years. It's yeah, just always in my head. For it's so sure. infectious and his anger, his the the sort of distorted vocals on the back end of the song. It's yeah. just everything is perfect to me. So definitely check this one out. Yeah. So I mean, I yeah. I highly recommend Igor. It might take a listener to to you know, yeah. you know, not be taken aback by, especially Igor's theme where you just have that super loud. I don't even know what that is like a sense. It's just yeah, like super super loud, like right off the bat. Mm-hmm. It might take you aback, but you just listen to the story. Yeah, that's absolutely. all I recommend. And then, should we should we go to Lemonade and then come back? Yeah, let's go to Lemonade. All right, let's awesome. go to Lemonade. Cool. So the next uh, album we're going to be talking about was one of my picks, and it is Beyonce's Lemonade. Um, so. Basically, I, I have to give a shout out to my sister. She, she's been a Beyonce stan for forever. And like when I was younger, 
she like her two big artists were like One Direction and Beyonce mm -hmm. and me being like a young you know boy I thought like I wasn't supposed to like those things but I just couldn't help myself from liking this album because it's just incredible like everything yeah, about it um, so the first point that I wanted to bring up with Lemonade was just how huge of a moment it was in pop culture it was just a monumental moment because you have this multi-billionaire couple the, the definition of a power couple Jay-Z and Beyonce who have basically mastered the art of like not getting caught by the paparazzi or not staying in the public eye. Yeah. Like they hardly, like as far as celebrities go, they don't have a ton of like the TMZ stuff, a ton of the tabloids, mm -hmm. but this video leaks of Beyonce, Jay-Z and Solange in an elevator. Solange is Beyonce's sister. And Solange is like beating Jay-Z up and Beyonce is standing there in the corner just watching. And you know, whoever, whoever leaked that video is probably dead now. But, 100%. Um, <laughs> But um, just, you know, considering their elusiveness in the, in the public eye, this album is as personal as it gets. Um, and then, you know, just sort of like some of the memes that came out of this album, like people freaked out over who's Becky with the good hair. Yeah. It was just it was just a moment like for for pop culture. So and, for that reason, I love yeah. it. And I, I love like when Beyonce straight up said uh, better call Becky with the good hair. Like she said it so like it's not like she was like angry or it was like a super mm -hmm. hype song. It's just end of a track. It's just like. Better call Becky with the good hair. Like yeah. it's so like cold in that moment, and like that's just. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing from this album, I haven't listened to this album a lot, mm -hmm. but my favorite thing is just Beyonce's confidence in who she is. Like, yeah. It's just it's so like, you know, like she knew like Jay Z was wrong, and you can see that confidence. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like I caught you. You're wrong. Like you're like, this is like this is you. Like you should feel bad for this. Yeah. And I think you know the Becky with the good hair line. It's like Beyonce's. What I feel like what she's implying there is like, like you said, she's not necessarily mad because she's just how ridiculous is it that this woman, whoever this woman was, it's like we don't know who she is. She's probably just some random person yeah. who Jay-Z found on tour. Um, and she's Beyonce. She's literally Beyonce. She is Beyonce. So I think she's just like, I mean, that's ridiculous. Like you're kidding me. Yeah. So, so um, you know, I, I think that this album, as, as far as just like more of the, the thematic content, it really takes the listener through the progression of betrayal, lost love, redemption, and then finally reunion. Um, you know, she has this line towards the end of the album. Where she says, 10 times out of nine, I know you're lying, but nine times out of 10, I know you're trying. And so she's really just reckoning with this, like, she's sort of clinging to her faith and clinging to her unconditional support for Jay-Z. And, yeah. and, and, you know, it's like, for me personally, it, you know, this album is a resounding testament to the importance of unconditional love, because for me, as someone who's loved Beyonce and Jay-Z, I still can't say I support Beyonce for staying with him. Like, I'm like, you should have left him. This man, yeah. like, cheated on you and you're Beyonce. It's just still something I can't. Exactly. Still something like, I can't wrap my yeah. head around. But nonetheless, you know, her commitment to her companion is just on full display here. And you have to admire it. It's something that 100%. You know, I think we can all strive for is that level of commitment and also being able to put your pride aside you know having that power exactly. like she had so much power with Jay-Z. like she yeah. had full control of the relationship and could have just been yeah no we're done like this yeah. is it like you're like i can ruin you know your career for a couple of years yeah and she chose not to she chose grace she chose forgiveness and right. i think that takes so much so much humility and so much yeah. like grace in the album it's like towards the beginning of it you feel like you're she's on the edge of like giving into the spitefulness and mm -hmm. giving into the vindictiveness like on the song don't hurt yourself yeah it's like don't be careful don't right. hurt yourself mm -hmm. um 
I don't know if she like implies that she was maybe going to go and you know yeah. cheat on someone. I, I I would have to like listen really closely to the lyrics, but I mean she's definitely wrestling with that and of thinking about it because that's a natural feeling. But you know she ultimately decides to 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 stay and yeah yeah. So um and then the, the last thing I, I want to mention with this one is just the vocal performances. I mean obviously I'm not saying anything revolutionary here. We all know Beyonce. We all know how incredible she is, but like you got this this falsetto moment on hold up right at the beginning of the album. I love the distorted vocals and the raw energy on don't hurt yourself, which uh, features uh, Jack white, which is pretty unlikely pairing. He's from the white stripes. Yeah. Um, pretty unlikely pairing, but it worked. The song worked. It's 100%. basically like a rock song in the middle of this album. So it's pretty awesome. And uh, coincidentally, Jack white is like one of my favorite artists. So definitely one of my favorite songs in the record. And then this outro on the song six inch, um, you know, she, she's got the weekend on there. So like two of the best vocalists at the time paired up on this song. It's incredible. Sure. And then on Sandcastles, it reminds me of when we were talking about you from To Pimp a Butterfly. You hear Beyonce's voice crack. She's got this line that says, I scratched out your name in your face. What is it about you that I can't erase? And when she says, what is it about you? It's almost hard to listen to because like for as great of a vocalist as she is, her voice cracks. And she hits yeah. a little bit of a sour note if you listen closely. Mm -hmm. But it's not really about the technical proficiency. It's, it's about the emotion. It's about the emotion, yeah. Yeah, so uh, favorite songs for this one. Mine would be uh, Six Inch. I think mine is Sorry. I think it's just it's such can't a, go wrong. It, you can't go wrong with yeah. that. Absolutely. So, yeah. All right, so next album I chose was Blonde by Frank Ocean. And, you know, I feel like when I first started listening to this album, it was more so a feels album. Like, mm -hmm. man, that girl don't like me. I'm going to go <laughs> listen to White Ferrari and cry. But... I think, you know, especially starting this school year as high school seniors, you know, I really heard and like really listened to like the themes of young love and coming of age and growing up. You mm -hmm. know, and that's something that's super prevalent because this time next year, we're going to be coming home for college instead of looking at where we're going to go. Exactly. And we're completely different people. And I think that's just something that, you know, I just I listen to Blonde in so many moments now. Mm -hmm. And it's not like because it's sad. It's because it's it's just so once again relatable mm -hmm. to what I'm going through and to what all of us are going yeah. through. And I think that's where the value is for you guys as listeners and as people who might not always be, you know, in touch with music, you know, blonde, you know, it deserves its credit for how good it is objectively and subjectively. Like mm -hmm. each person can find value in blonde. And I'm just going to start off with my favorite track, self-control. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you know, he starts off, you know, in the song saying, I'll sleep between y'all. It's no thing. And it's kind of, this idea of being okay with not being, you know, somebody that you care about their only, you know, romantic partner, whatever yeah. you want to call it, boyfriend, girlfriend, but just happy to be with them and just valuing them as a person so much that yeah. you're just willing to be one of their people, even if they yeah. might not value as much. It's kind of, I mean, it's kind of a different level of down bad. That oh, yeah. I kind of hope to, to not come 100 to like, you yeah. can date other people. Like, I just want to be one. But, you know, that's real. It's like. People you, do feel that. Yeah, absolutely. It's a real emotion. So. 100%. And then, you know, in the song, you know, there's also this, you know, recurring theme of growing up. And, you know, there's a point where he says, I know you got to, you know, I, 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 yeah. you, know, you got to leave, leave, leave. And it's kind of, I can sing really there well. There you go. <laughs> but, uh, you know, being in high school, you know, this is going to end. Like yeah. This being at home, being with these people, it's going to end and we won't get that back yeah. ever. And it's kind of just um, we're just going down different paths and just understanding that. And, you know, I think in this moment, 
Frank, you know, is saying that he's at peace with that. Like, yeah. That we're going to be on separate paths. You're going to be on separate paths of people that you care about. Right. And, and for our listeners who may, uh, you know, be getting to the end of their high school career and they have a significant other, I'm sorry. Um, but, you know, this is definitely what he's talking about in this song. 100%. Yeah. And so. it's, it's a hard thing to swallow, but it's, yeah. it's you know, it's true. You it's know, true. You, you have to, you know, especially when you're going to college, you have to prioritize the school over yeah. You know your significant other yeah but yeah and then moving on to white ferrari um i feel like there's this thing about high schoolers just love these late night rides mm-hmm. like late night drives where you know especially in the summer you got the windows down you got music playing and you're kind of just on your own for a little bit in that sense of freedom and just being able to get away from everything that's going on especially with high schoolers you know all the high school drama and stuff yeah, uh yeah you know and also it, it talks about, you know, reflecting on relationships too. And, you know, I feel like a lot of people do that. And, um, you know, there's this line that says, I care for you still and I will forever. And I feel like there's this innocence oh, yeah. that Frank has. Like, sure. like in the moment, you're like, well, I'm still going to care about you. Mm-hmm. And then three months down the road, you're like, I'm not speaking to that person ever again. <laughs> right. So, right. yeah. And I think the album overall is just a really reflective album. And I highly recommend it to you guys. So yeah. I, um, I, I just want to say I love that lyric. Like, I think so many of us especially when we're young and, and haven't matured, like we have this idealistic view of relationships. 100%. And I think that it's something that unfortunately we we break with and then we start focusing mm-hmm. on our red flags and all yeah. these things. But I, I think that he really embodies that innocence in a, in a really, uh, in a great way on that song for sure. Yeah, so I put, uh, for my favorite tracks, I put self-control obviously, and then I put solo. I mm-hmm. think solo is just, Vocally, Frank just does so good. Yeah, I, I had to go with Pink and White um, for you know the, the, the lush like string arrangements. You know, it's yeah. the the production and you get this drum pattern, and uh, yeah, like the song starts with these like sort of like violins. I don't I don't really know, but mm-hmm. these the string section that sort of like crescendos up. Yeah, and I just think it's a beautiful. It's just a beautiful song. So, all right, so our. One of our last albums is going to be uh, Pinkerton by Weezer. So I know a lot of people are probably laughing at me right now um, because Weezer has their their stigma or whatever. But this album, I, I urge you to just give it a try. Um, it really has been a huge part of my life. Um, this album was initially dismissed as a sophomore slump. So Weezer came off the Blue album. It was a huge hit. And then this dropped. The promotion was lackluster. The rollout was lackluster. There, there was hardly even a lead single, and if there was, I think like the the MTV video premiere was like uh, was uh, cut was was delayed. Yeah. So it, it was just not good. And then this album comes out, and it didn't chart very well. The management was upset with the band, and it ended up leading to a hiatus. Weezer didn't perform the songs for for years because it left such a bad taste in their mouth. Mm-hmm. But you know, this album is basically a man is, is Rivers Cuomo just so utterly nerdy and so utterly broken and and just experiencing all these things you know like men's mental health is sort of a big topic right now and Mm -hmm. i think rivers just paints such a clear picture of of a lot of the feelings that men have when they get rejected or when they feel lost or when they feel they don't have a place and you know rivers rivers was a rock star and yet he felt like he had no one yeah and you know he he just talks about these things that are just gut-wrenching like He's hopelessly in love with a lesbian woman on Pink Triangle. He's falling in love with a pen pal who lives on the other, who lives in Japan on the song Across the Sea. He has a fear of growing old. 
Um, so I just think this album really helps us to get in touch with the awkwardness and frustration that's within all of us. Um, and then just sonically, you know, I love the, the noise rock aesthetic. I love how, how like raw the whole album feels. Um, and I would have to say that my favorite song in this album is Falling For You. And I know that this isn't really an album that you've listened to much, but if there's a song. Yeah, no, like, um, I thought Get You was just, yeah. I think I was listening to it while I was like doing homework and mm-hmm. like, I, it was kind of just going through my head and then Get You comes out and like, I snapped into it. Like yeah. I just, I listened and I thought that was the one that really stood out to me. I didn't listen to a lot, but yeah. So uh, for our last um, album, we're going to talk about Rodeo by Travis Scott. Yeah, we don't have much time. but No. But yeah, so I mean, just really quickly, uh, the whole thing about this album is it might not be concept album talking about love, talking about all that, but there's still value in music that doesn't talk about huge like philosophical themes. Right. And this I is think just fire. Yeah, it's, it's just good. Like 90210 has the best beat. 90210 is my favorite rap song, of all, favorite okay. song of all time. Not even rap song, but favorite song of all time. Um, yeah, Rodeo pioneered trap music. I Absolutely. think it was like I think I still think it's the best trap album of all time, but okay. that's up to discussion because I know knows. Future has some amazing work. <laughs> uh, it introduced me to Mike Dean. Yeah, shout out Mike Dean. Oh my gosh, best. I love Mike Dean. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. So also, you don't have to listen to music that's so introspective all the time to feel like you have a good taste in music. That's what my thing is with right. this album. It's not a super introspective album, but it's super valuable to me and just the memories I have with it, with my friends yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. So and yeah, I, I just want to say really quickly, this album just, it really has an atmosphere to it. it it's does. just so intoxicating. Mm-hmm. I always think about the song, uh, 3500. Yes. It's just like has this atmosphere yeah. and mm-hmm. you know, it, it, he's, he's talking a lot about illegal substances on this album, but he definitely does create an intoxicating vibe he does. with, uh, with, uh, the music. So for sure. Yeah. My favorite track was nine of two and Owen wasted. And I would have to go with, I can tell for the young thug feature. Of course. So, uh, yeah, pretty much out of time. But, yeah, uh, thanks again for tuning into Behind the Roar podcast. Be on the lookout for a future podcast, and we'll see you all next time. This has been Brandon Rankovich and Owen McCarthy. Lions out. Lions out. Thank you. Yeah.